Today on IFS Talks, we're speaking with Ruth Culver. Ruth Culver is an internal family systems therapist based in Brighton, UK. After her original career in events management, she retrained in clinical hypnotherapy. Ruth developed a keen interest in the nervous system and in finding ways to work deeply yet safely with trauma. Ruth says it felt like coming home when she came across the IFS model, and now it's at the core of her work. She loves facilitating groups and has adapted two somatic processes, constellations and intuitive drawing, as a way to use the IFS model in a group setting. Her infographic called the Survive Thrive Spiral which maps polyvagal theory alongside internal family systems, went viral earlier this year. Ruth, thanks for speaking with us, and welcome to IFS Talks. Thank you. It's a a great honor to be here. I've loved listening to the podcast, and I'm amazed to find myself with you. Thank you, Ruth, for having us. How is it for you, Ruth, to hear this by or what parts come up? Hmm. Yeah, some amazement um, that, that I'm here um, in this place with, with that as my bio. Um, when imposter part comes up, he says, um, don't be so big-headed. <laughs> I know her well. Uh, she's, she's been around a long time. Um, and yeah, sort of ugly duckling part. I call her my ugly duckling part. She goes, me? Really? <laughs> yeah. And, and also some a sort of proud amazement that, that I'm entering into this phase of my career where I'm starting to become a contribution in the world. Wonderful. Yeah. You are really busy, Ruth, those days, I guess. Mm. Once, besides your clinical work, you also do retreats, workshops, and webinars, right? You organize creative constellations, drawing into self-courses, and more recently the Survive Thrive Spiral webinars. And you also are a jazz singer, I've heard. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm not singing at the moment um, because the therapeutic work took over and, and and I love it but when I was living in London until a few years back I was uh, regularly gigging and and it was an exciting part of my life beautiful missing it parts missing it and parts are relieved not to have the late nights Will you share with us a little bit about your journey? You you shifted careers at one point, and will you talk about um, how you found your way to the therapeutic world? Mm-hmm. Sure. I spent 25 years in event management in the arts and charity sectors. And of course, they're very underfunded sectors. So I worked really hard, and my perfectionist parts drove me to exhaustion so I burned out 
and then needed to take a little break and really looked at what was supporting me in my healing and realizing that it wasn't the job that meant I'd burned out. It was what was driving the job. So I guess what I would now know as my perfectionist parts and my, my, um, uh, the, the different uh, aspects of my history that meant I was working too hard and um, not able to do self-care, to, to take care of myself, really. So then I found that hypnotherapy was incredibly useful and trained in that, began working with clients and really focused on inner child work, understanding that this was a way to, to really heal. But what I saw through the hypnotherapy and then through some other things that I trained in was quite often clients were, it's really easy in hypnotherapy to, to get the protectors to stand aside and go straight to the exiles. And we know that that isn't safe. And I saw that also in other modalities that I trained in. So I got really interested in the nervous system and it was only when I found IFS that that has so much in common with that inner child work and with the constellations work that I was doing. I was I trained as a facilitator working with internal parts in a in a different uh, process and saw that this was a safe way to really look at the protectors first. Was there something determinant for you to become a psychotherapist in the first place? Really from my own healing, in my earlier experiences of therapy had either been analytical in the head, which didn't help me, really mm -hmm. got lots of upset parts around that, or more what I'd call the empathy-based, you know, almost head on one side, empathy stuff, which also didn't help me. I didn't, I didn't feel supported in it. So I had actually thrown therapy aside <laughs> as unhelpful. And then when I found the hypnotherapy, which went more to the subconscious, what was really going on and emotions were allowed to be heard and expressed, that's when I got interested in, in complex trauma, relational trauma, attachment. And uh, I sort of fell into it. It wasn't a decision. It, it happened gradually and, and naturally. Mm -hmm. And when did you come across with IFS? I mean, when did you get into the IFS training? Mm. Yeah, it's only a few years ago, and that's why my uh, my imposter parts can jump up and down sometimes and say, "Who are you to <laughs> to be here speaking publicly about something you're new to?" Um, but yeah, I have read it very much more contact with with uh, self energy now, which you know, really I'm clear that this was a natural progression for me, and it was probably easier for me than many people to. Uh, adopt the, the model because it was so much based on the gestalt and parts and inner child work that I'd already been doing. Will you share with us a little bit about how you um, created the spiral that uh, brings polyvagal and IFS together. The the visual is incredible and it's so useful. How how did that come up for you? Thank you. Yes. Well, I was running workshops as a facilitator in this um, parts constellations process, and I was noticing that when I was working with clients, some of them would get overwhelmed, and in my experience of the training, some people were 
very badly overwhelmed, re-traumatized, I would say. So this was a real concern of mine that I didn't want to do it. Um, got very interested in the nervous system, started working originally with the window of tolerance, so trying to map the parts onto the window of tolerance model, you know, Dan Siegel's model, where you've got the tolerance in the middle, and at the top you've got the hyperarousal, and at the bottom you've got the hypoarousal. And I mean, I'm a great admirer of Dan Siegel and his work, but this doesn't make sense to me because we don't go through a, a, a resilient place when we're going between fight, flight, and freeze. So I then started mapping it in a different way so that it was a continuum because on my model, you have this, um, what he calls the window of tolerance, uh, I might call the window of resilience, um, and where we're in contact with self in IFS terms. We have that lovely contact with self energy. And then we go into fight flight and polyvagal theory really shows this. That's how the nervous system works. Our first instinct is fight flight. If we can't run away, then we have to go to freeze, collapse, submit all the shutdown processes if we can't fight or run away. Hence the, the hierarchy of, of the model. So when I found, um, Polyvagal Theory, Deb Dane is an amazing book on using it in practice clinically and, and IFS at roughly a similar time. My model completely changed. Um, you know, throughout the old prototypes, I was looking at them the other day. I've got quite a few different, the model looks very different at different times. Uh, and in came this spiral and that's when it really started falling into place. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on your survive thrive spiral chart that recently went viral right this chart of yours is such an inspiring integration of ifs and polyvagal let me say that our listeners can lately find your illustrated chart in our show notes and um, you presented this uh, spiral work at the 2019 london trauma conference yes and at the 2020 online embodiment conference. This chart maps the physiological model of polyvagal theory alongside the psychological model of internal family systems. That's your intention, right? Mm. And you say it aims to demonstrate how the two systems, IFS and polyvagal, are linked and how parts affect the nervous system and vice versa and how it can provide information about and insights into the other. So over the past few months, the spiral has been shared and downloaded tens of thousands of times. Am I correct? <laughs> yes. And translated into German, Spanish, French, Russian, and Hebrew by international psychotherapists and psychologists keen to use it in their native language. So you were already used to make some integrations, I understood. Once you came from, you were trying this integration with the Dan Siegel interpersonal neurobiology and even other modalities, I believe. How did this come up, this integration and chart? Did you felt that you needed it? Yeah, so I was in these workshops and seeing people, um, the, the constellations process, everybody is in resonance. You're in the room with 10, 12, maybe even 14 different nervous systems working on trauma. And... Um, for people involved in the in the process, it can be quite strong. So this ability to understand what's going on in themselves. My my desire was to um, 
give them a tool to, um, or to offer a tool to just understand that what they were sensing in their body had a, a reason, um, or maybe the emotions they were feeling had a, a physiological reason, so that it's this mind-body link. They could understand it physiologically or psychologically from either side, whichever was the easier way in. To in order to come into self, really, that somebody else is turning up and saying, "Oh, yeah, that that numbness in my head, or or that um, twitching in my in my legs, or, or whatever it might be." There's there's a reason for that. It's okay. Yeah, that's a part of me that's really scared. So it enabled, it gave an extra way in to for people to come into self when working in a group. That's my experience by having the chart there on the wall. People were reporting it's like an anchor. Oh, yeah, right, that's what's happening. So you could just that first process of IFS of noticing and naming the part that might be um, that they're experiencing through emotions or through physical symptoms. So, yeah, it supported that. It also, I found that people who are very, um, uh, very blended with an intellectualizing part, um, that can really help to know the science. Okay, right. Now the intellectual part can relax because I've got a scientific reason for my emotions. Um, and also people who maybe had been very shamed by the system um, for having uh, conditions, things that were called conditions like uh, manic depression or bipolar or whatever, for them to understand this link between the mind and body that both are t perfectly explainable just gave this shame so much reassurance, the parts holding shame about what was happening in them, so much reassurance. And then, of course, there's more connection to self because they can notice what's happened and name it as a part. So... You say that understanding there is a biological explanation for behaviors and symptoms often enables parts carrying shames to relax, and also that our dominant cognitive parts relax as well, knowing there is an explanation for our parts, right? Yeah. But still, um, do you really need polyvagal? We need polyvagal to do therapy. Isn't IFS enough? So this doesn't aim to change IFS. The difference is when I was working with groups, we've got multiple nervous systems in the room, mm -hmm. which are not only doing their own thing, they're also getting involved in the constellations process, which is about resonating with other people's feelings. So that's quite a complex system. Yeah. So it was really in terms of the groups that I um, originally created this as a resource. But then it's become something that um, people have like to use one-to-one -one as well if they've seen it or and you know I, I hear from colleagues who say oh yeah somebody my client came in with your chart the other day and, and waved it at me and go now I understand so I'm I'm the feedback I'm getting is that it's adding some information for some people I don't introduce it to every client by any means but for some it's really useful Enjoy working with groups, as we understand, and 
Can you talk yeah. a little bit about how you work with the IFS model and larger groups? Mm. There's two main ways. One was this constellations process, working with parts, which then I've spent the last two years um, gradually adapting the one I trained in to fully uh, morph into now an IFS based it's completely founded in IFS every step of IFS is there and I was enjoying that so much it was the last thing I did before lockdown when my retreats where we're doing these these uh, IFS constellations together and I really felt that the my my process had was maturing to the point at which I was really beginning to be really happy with it that it was honoring IFS fully that it was um um responding to the needs of the, the participants. And of course, lockdown happened. So I, I've had to mourn the loss of that for a while. But what happened as a result was that um, I started to integrate a, an intuitive drawing process that I developed initially one-to-one -one with people. When, when clients, as we know, when, when people have a, a lot of blending in their system, externalizing can be really useful, whether you use little objects or um, chairs around the room or whatever it is. But I found that by using um, crayons, a um, big piece of paper, and just colors, lines, and shapes to start listening to the body, it's very somatic. Um, we just see what, what color they reach for if they're um, in contact with a you know, part that's maybe angry or terrified what the color is what the shape is how much space it takes and we find out about the parts that way and then gradually uh, I guess I call it a constellation because a constellation is simply the word for a collection of parts that's what constellation means um, a constellation would appear in relation to a certain issue and then we could work with it using the steps of IFS and so I was doing this one-to-one -one with my clients and then when lockdown happened I offered it as a, a workshop with eight people on zoom and I'm now on the second course second of an eight, eight week course and it's maturing in a way that I'm really happy and proud proud of and I didn't I wouldn't have found it if it was one of those things that's come out of lockdown as a, a benefit as a, a blessing because it's um I'm really happy with it. And it also then turned into this other workshop, which when we were socially distanced in the summer, but still allowed to meet, um, we did a, a group in-person workshop where everybody had their own little space in the room. And we had basically a group therapy process where everybody was um, able to do their own process using the drawing, but also be seen, be witnessed, be heard by everybody there, benefiting from each each other's from what they were hearing from each other, benefiting from being witnessed and benefiting from the group self-energy that grows uh, during the day. So it's it's been a, a beautiful thing to emerge. Well then. So um, IFS and polyvagal goes so well together. Let me ask you, does this survival thrive spiral is a new model? 
in any way? It's, um, I wouldn't say that it's um, a new way of working. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a model in that way, but it's, it's certainly an infographic, a chart, which might be called a model, just as a um, background information. So it doesn't change the way I do IFS. Yeah. It simply informs parts about what's going on, which can help them relax. Beautiful. So can we jump into these five stages? You say, are they five stages? Am I saying, well... The different zones on the chart, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, on the right-hand side, which represents polyvagal theory, there are three, three colors. The, um, the green at the bottom is mm-hmm. the flow state of self-regulation, co-regulation. So that's what in IFS terms would be connected to self-connected. Then you've got the, um, in the center band horizontally, you've got the amber zone, which is the fight flight state Mm -hmm. where the sympathetic nervous system is, Mm -hmm. is taking over in order to help us find safety Mm -hmm. through action. And then, uh, at the top, the red, um, third, top, top third is red. That's the freeze zone, which has Mm -hmm. the, uh, in polyvagal terms, that's the dorsal vagal, which is collapse. And then also this state that feels like dorsal vagal, but you're still doing, even though it has a hopeless feeling to it. So I can't fight. I can't run away. I will carry on. I call it submit. So there's still, people are still doing, but it has this, this shutdown feeling of this hopeless shutdown feeling of dorsal vagal. So that's by seek, that's the way safety is got mm-hmm. in that zone through disconnection. Yeah, so you differentiate a ventral state of resilience mm-hmm. from states of survival corresponding to the parasympathetic and sympathetic states of flight, flight, freeze, right? Mm. And then on the left-hand side is where I put internal family systems, and that's where these two other zones come in, and they are represented by circles rather than these horizontal straight line, these bars, which, by the way, in the UK, that's the color of traffic lights. I don't know if it is in Portugal or the States, but yeah, I know some countries are Very the other, uh, I think some countries are the other way around for their traffic lights, but certainly we, where I am, that's, uh, that's how it works. So we have these two other zones right at the bottom of the spiral, and the spiral goes from the bottom up to the top uh, in the center. So right at the bottom, there's this darker green space, which is what I've put in as self. So it's a space, it's a place of being, not doing. So it's not activity, it's not protector activity or even um, manager activity when it connected to self. It just is self. And so that holds all the feelings of, all, all the qualities of self. And I've named that I am. And then in for the managers who are connected to self, going about as they need to in our daily lives, self, self-connected, that's this paler green zone, the flow state, the self-co-regulation, this ventral connected space of I can. And then the other circular space that's not in polyvagal theory, but it is in internal family systems, is the exiles. 
and they inhabit a, a brown circle which is straddles the line between uh, fight, flight, and freeze. And in it, I said it's the words I hurt, that's the kind of quality I hurt of exiles. And it's surrounded on every side by either freeze protectors or fight, flight protectors. And we get to see how it's kind of contained, both protected and kept away by all these protectors. And again, it's circular, and it feels to me and I don't know if this is something that other people would recognize. It's only recently um, occurred to me that it's another state of being, not doing, this exile state. And it's if you put that in terms of sometimes it's referred to as the masculine and the feminine or the yin and the yang. If we have those protectors mm -hmm. uh, managers in the masculine or the yang, and then the exiles and the self in the yin or the feminine, that being, not doing. So I don't know, I'm, I'm playing with this idea at the moment, but I, it seems to work. And it's interesting that we've got the, um, the squareness of the yang and the circular nature of the yin. It's just interesting that that emerged. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of still emerging <laughs> as I speak, yeah. There you are, integrating. curious um, about what typical protectors and exiles you find in a, in a really activated nervous system like if somebody is in shutdown mm -hmm. and you know there there is that state of being that they're experiencing or just being in shutdown are there protectors there as well or or is it always reflective of a traumatic experience well the protectors that are doing the freezing are doing them through through different, if you like, I call them behaviors, through um, fainting, narcolepsy, chronic fatigue, so physical or emotional, that very extreme collapse, because I cannot cope with this. It's too much. I have to go as close to death or feign death. It's the only way to cope. So that would be the, the, um, the strongest type of freeze protector. And then we've got these submit freeze protectors, which are kind of disconnected but carrying on so just going through the motions or people pleasing um not speaking up um and all the numbing addictions the addictions that just numb me out so i don't have to be here so that would be part of this kind of submit i can't help myself and that's why that red zone has this very short phrase i can't whereas the protectors in the amber zone in the fight flight have got a that short phrase oh i must so they're protectors who've got to do something, got to run, they've got to fight through behaviors such as bullying or criticizing or being hypervigilant or um, being perfectionist, using addictions that distract them, um, you know, work addictions or exercise addictions, things that have much more of that energy. You hear it as I speak. So the protectors, it's the quality of I can't, that's that flag, that submit, that collapse, or I must. It's a more sympathetic arousal. It comes in the in the in the quality, so that when you've got um, 
some behaviors might be in either zone. So spiritual bypassing, for example, could be in just, I'll just numb out. I don't want to feel anything. I am super zen. Could have that. Mm -hmm. Or you could have spiritual bypassing. Oh, yeah, we're going to do lots of yoga. And I'm really, I am so connected to myself. And uh, each for each of those, the exiles are not being heard. They have a different quality of, I can't, I'm out of here. Or I've got to do this to stay away. So the sympathetic activation is to keep the individual from feeling the exile pain rather than a product of experiencing the exile pain again. Well, I'd say it's the same as in, in you know, core IFS. It's either to keep the exiles away, stop, keep you from feeling it, mm-hmm. or to keep the exiles from feeling more pain. I've got to do this so that my wounded little girl does not feel it again. It's exactly the same. Yeah. 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 Great. So, Ruth, if I say I can't, I may be in a freeze, a collapse, or submit state, or part, right? Mm. Also, if I say this hurts, or I hurt, I may be in a freeze part that may elicit a fixing reaction from our sympathetic system, meaning a fight-flight response. Fight-flight state. And this equals the exiles, right? Yeah, the exiles are are the... um, I I haven't... um, separated them into freeze or fight flight yeah mm-hmm. because those are the behaviors of the of the protectors exactly and so if i say i must this comes from our sympathetically energized managers mm, that's it and if i say i can eventually self-centered or ventral centered and ventral energized yeah i can even though it's hard we'll get there we'll, you know we'll make it mm-hmm. yeah and I am, what is this about? Is it pure self? Yeah. Pure self. Doesn't it's it's just pure being, you know? Self is sometimes called the 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 essence or our, our true self. It's just like my, my being. I as we know, I am not we think of ourselves as our protectors. We think that's what our personality mm-hmm. is, but actually who we truly are is is this self. So here it is. I am. I'm not busy doing stuff. Even if it's self-connected way, they're still they're still managers connected to self. But no, this is just self that doesn't really need to do anything. It just is. Mm-hmm. Good. That's why you differentiate the ventral state of resilience from states of survival. Yeah. Corresponding to the sympathetic and sympathetic states of fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. 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 What I would say is that this chart is a is is very much focused on trauma. If I were to do another one side by side with a, an integrated nervous system, someone who's got lots of lovely resilience, actually, let me just say something about resilience, if I may, because I know it can trigger a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It has been used sometimes or certainly interpreted as um, uh, people often feel shame about it because 
they don't have resilience. Well, we're not born with it. I don't believe we're born with it. We're born with self, but it has our system has to learn resilience, and we learn it from our from our yep. carers, our caretakers. You know, it's the usually the mother who has enough um, resilience in her system to be able to deal with the child's needs. The child's crying; she can calm herself, and then the child, the baby, learns gradually to soothe itself, and that's the resilience. So we learn it. Yeah. So if I was to put side by side this chart with the resilient nervous system, the resilient system, what we've got is an ability to go into those survival states, fight, flight, freeze, when needed, and not get stuck, come back down again. So our connection to self is there. We're, we've got, the spiral is that connection to self, and ideally we can move up and down it without getting stuck. And we can also use the lovely bits of the sympathetic energy and indeed the um, the dorsal vagal energy when we want to. So that be in play, in, in lust for um, uh, the sympathetic energy, and then in for the dorsal energy it might be for self-connected meditation, bliss, those kind of things. So we could, again, we can use the nervous system states, but they're connected to ventral, just as if you go over the other side, connected to self. Beautiful. I also notice you put the ventral at the bottom of your chart instead of Deb's letter that puts the ventral as a superior level. So why is that? Yeah, I had a lovely chat with Deb actually. I, I um, she was generous enough to give me an hour on on Zoom to yeah <laughs> to chat this through. And of course, for her, the traffic lights are the other way around, <laughs> so it doesn't make sense to her. But for me, this is how it instinctively happened, um, that we are, when we in contact with self, we are naturally grounded. That is, as, as Dick says, you know, that we're grounded when we're in con contact with self. And there it is on the ground. We come back down to ourselves. Whereas when we dissociate, which all these um, uh, protectors are, are busy trying to take us away from things, we actually leave ourselves, And so we come down, back down. And for me, it's much easier to come down into self than to have to climb up to it. That sounds like a bit of an effort. So for me, it makes sense this way. And, and um, Deb and I had to respectfully agree to disagree on, on our approach for this. Yeah. Again, we reinforce that we will put your beautiful chart, inspiring one, in our show notes for everyone to have access to it. Thank you. There, there was one more thing I wanted to add, if I may. Is that okay? Yes, please. Of course. People often ask um, how attachment fits in with this. 
Oh, good point. Yeah. And initially I had a version where I put attachment in and I was super excited because it's really clear that disorganized attachment flips between the red and the amber zones and secure attachment is clearly in the green zone. But then I started thinking about the avoidant and, um, and anxious and I realized that different protectors would, would uh, deal with this in different ways. So avoidant could be numbing out just, I can't have a relationship, I can't do it, I, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Or avoidant could be running away, going into a relationship, running away, going into a relationship, running away. Or attacking men, for example. Be a woman who just attacks men. That's probably more accurate, actually, because, of course, going into a relationship, running away would be more disorganized. So, yeah, for avoidant, you might just, I'm just going to attack men, make them really bad. But that's much of a sympathetic so you've got two different, two different energies. Similarly with um, anxious, you could have um, the baby who's incredibly anxious and has to numb out to deal with her anxiety because she can't get what she needs. Mm -hmm. So she might go into a collapse state or she yeah. might um, mm -hmm. develop um, OCD from her anxiety or, or um, uh, self-harming from her anxiety that she's never going to be loved. So they don't fit mm -hmm. in this particular model okay so for me there are just two yeah. styles of attachment relevant to this model which is securely That's attached right. and insecurely attached amazing thank you beautiful integration So the link that we'll share to the spiral image, um, will that also um, enable our listeners to find you, to participate in your groups? I, I believe it brings, brings listeners to your website, but I imagine there's, there's going to be a, a good deal of interest in the groups that you facilitate. Yeah, if, if they download it from my website, which is calmheart.co.uk, I imagine that's the link you'll give. They can choose at that point to either get my mailings or not get my mailings. Yeah, and so then hear about, I do webinars to discuss this. Um, uh, I have lots of lovely questions from people. Rather, they're more Zoom meetings because I can see everybody and we can chat about it. And there's often quite a few IFS colleagues there asking questions as well as therapists for whom IFS is completely new. And um, there, yeah, it, you can also find out details of my other online courses and in-person workshops and retreats when they when they recommence. Beautiful, Ruth. We can see you are having a great time teaching this integration and offering others good learnings. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. I've, I've learned so much just listening to you today and I'm so glad you're a part of the big internal family systems community uh, it's given me more than i can ever express so um, i'm just really happy to be part of that community i really am and we will check with you later on the road see how this chart is evolving eventually but by now ruth thank you so much for having us and for organizing this interesting integration 
also we will end this episode with one of your performances as a jazz singer <laughs> the beautiful standard if i should lose you from your 2008 album refashioned and um, yes it was such a lovely time together i hope we keep meeting oh, i'd love that and may our days be filled mm. with ventral vagal abundance yeah. as that dana used <laughs> to say thank you so much thank you so much for having me it's been a real delight if i should lose you the sun would fall from the sky if i should lose you the leaves would wither and die the birds in may time would sing a mournful